After over 40 seasons, UMass is finally 1-0 after beating an FBS opponent in week number one, or I guess in this case, week number zero. So happy to have you guys with us. This is the UMass Football Show. Let's get into it. All right, what's up, everyone? Josh Schreiber here alongside Jacob Repper, Brennan McGrevy, and Pedro Gray Suarez. We have a very, very fun episode planned today. We've got recapping the New Mexico State game. We're going to preview the Auburn game. And in between that, we are going to give out awards. This is, it is a new segment, so make sure to stay tuned for that. But, guys, let's just dive right into it. UMass won 41-30. to Really, we're up 41-24 to until literally the last second of the game. Super exciting. Finally got some outstanding quarterback play. The offense put up 41 points for the first time in about five years. Just really exciting overall, Pedro. What are what what really strikes you? Well, I just think this is the most important win in, you know, is it fair to say a decade at least for this program? And I think yeah. this is it's a crucial win. And like I've said before, but after the game, and you know, it's it's a it's a program changing and a standard setting win for the Minutemen coming against a bowl game winning team in New Mexico State from last year. And you know, this the improvement it, a lot of people knew the team was gonna be better. And if you were around the team in the spring and if you you could see the improvement, you know, and most of the major outlets weren't around and they there weren't around to see UMass, obviously, and perhaps rightfully so during the spring, but if you were around, you could tell there was going to be improvement. But this much improvement in the first game of the season right away, it's incredible and honestly very encouraging. Yeah, I mean, that it was a game that just – it had you wrapped up in it for the longest time. And it was really very low scoring the first three quarters where UMass and New Mexico State both having good defensive drives, both not quite able to punch the ball into the end zone. They actually interviewed Don Brown on the sideline going into the fourth quarter right before they ended up scoring a touchdown. But it was very impressive to see this UMass team strike back when New Mexico State would deliver a punch. You know, after that 80-yard touchdown that they had, that uh, Watkins had on that run, that's kind of a moment last year where UMass sometimes would just roll over and get kind of just trampled after that and the offense was absolutely not done after that they just got better the defense got better as well and they were rewarded with a very impressive win over kind of a slept on team in New Mexico State yeah I think Pedro I'm not sure exactly what your tweet was but it's it was something along the lines of what you just said before how this was a program changing win for the Minutemen and I don't think that can be overstated how important and how critical this win was, especially because it's their first win to kick off the season in, so, in such a long time, but also because it was on a national level. UMass hasn't come close to the success that they should have at the FBS level. This seems like it's a, a different chapter for the Minutemen. We've talked about that before, Don Brown coming in, but getting that win, not just for week zero, but now, which we're going to preview in a little bit, looking towards Auburn, 
It's going to bring in a ton of momentum, and I think they can really jump off their their victorious week last week. Absolutely. I'd say, yeah, starting the season off on 1-0 and zero is definitely a tone setter, especially that fourth quarter that UMass had. Putting up 28 points was definitely big, and it's good to see the UMass doing good in the FBS. Yeah, and this is kind of a team that there were definitely higher expectations this season with now having, I mean, having the opportunity to have a pretty impressive quarterback battle coming down to the final week where, you know, you didn't know if it was going to be Tyson Pumachon or Carlos Davis at the end of the day. Ended up being Pumachon, and man, did he play a great game. You know, if you look at the stat line, what jumps out at you is the 96 rushing yards and the rushing touchdown. The passing stat line doesn't exactly make you super excited, but he did what he needed to do. He took care of the ball, and there were really only one or two maybe dangerous throws. It was really just one towards the beginning of the game that he made on an out route that almost got picked off. But other than that, he did exactly what UMass needs him to do, and that's take care of the ball. And I would say if you're going to grade this performance for, I guess, what you're expecting – you'd be expecting it has to be at the very least a B plus, maybe closer to an A with all of the big turned down conversions he made. Yeah, no, and you said it well. And, and I think if I had to describe the performance, it was a, a very slow start for the passing game in general. They couldn't get it going at all in the first quarter. Second quarter also struggled. But the way he, like you said, took care of the ball, I think that was the most important aspect of his performance along with, the appearances in huge moments that he had. But in terms of keeping, uh, taking care of the ball, I think Umachan, you know, first of all, he didn't take a single sack in the game. So I think that's huge. And second of all, there were no turnovers by the UMass offense. And that's how you win a game against a team that's trying to fight back into the game. A talented team has talent outside. That's how, that's how you win a game, you know, and, and you keep it on the ground and you grind out first downs and you, you have clutch plays when you can. And then you don't turn the ball over. And he did all of those things. Great decision-making. And when he needed to show off that arm talent at a couple of occasions, he certainly did. So definitely in the B-plus, A-minus range for a quarterback that has only had question marks since he started his college career. So, again, very encouraging for the Minutemen. And if Fumachan plays like that for the rest of the season, wow, this team could win more, many more games than anyone could ever predicted. Yeah, this is a quarterback that only – Played two games last season at Georgia Tech. So I know I proposed this question before, but for me, the big thing with Pumachon was, does he have that game experience? We know he was a four-star uh, prospect coming out of high school, but he didn't have the numbers to fully back it. So coming into this UMass system, Coach Don gave him a chance, and he made the most of it. Like you said, Pedro, he looked poised. He looked almost like a veteran out there. And as far as the, as far as the slow start went, I don't think we expected them to come – throwing 50-yard bombs right away, but it was a perfect tempo. Let your quarterback get into the game a little bit. He did so. We saw him unload with his legs a little bit, and and then from there, UMass's offense started coasting. Yeah, Pumachan definitely played really good. You know, being able to come back and answer after seeing New Mexico State have that long drive and scored touchdowns, it's just really good to see Pumachan not get in his own head, answer, and be able to keep the Minutemen on top. And also winning the turnover battle – it's definitely huge. Having zero turnovers on offense is definitely how you win a football game at the college level. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we could talk pretty much all episode about Tyson Pumachon if we wanted to. I mean, the third down conversions are really what 
got me super excited and even a fourth down conversion with really, I don't want to say the game on the line because they had the lead at the time, but Tyson Pumachon on fourth and seven ran with his legs, knowing that New Mexico state was dropping almost everyone back in coverage. So he's like, okay, fine. I'll take it myself. Got the first down, got into uh, about the five yard line. And from there, it was just, UMass kind of cruised after that, and that was what impressed me. But with that being said, let's get right into our very new segment to the UMass football show, and that is awards. So, guys, how this is going to work, I'm going to keep track throughout the year, see who ends up um, coming out on top in terms of points. But each of us will give out an award, um, and then the others will guess who that award is going to. If you get it right, you'll get a point. If you get it wrong, you won't. Um, and well, maybe we'll give some extra points if you stump everybody. So with that being said, I'm going to give it to you, Pedro. Who would you like to give the first ever award to in the WMUA football show history? Well, I'm not going to tell you who I'm going to give it to, but I'm going to tell you what the award is. And yeah, thank the you award for that. is called <laughs> the, the award is called the You've Got a Friend in Me Award for someone who always came through when the team needed them most. And I want to see who you guys think this is to. I love that name, Pedro. Uh, I just have to ask, what's the inspiration for that? Toy wow. Story. There you go. There you go. Yeah, I love Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you did give us, I guess, a little bit of a hint saying that it's someone who, you know, came through um, in some big moments I mean, obviously, there's Pumachon, who that would be a little bit of an easy, bit of an easy give. I'm gonna go. Man, I'm gonna go. Marcus Bradley had some big third down stops. Okay, so we're doing this. Everyone, everyone gets a guess, and then I say if anyone is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't say right now. Okay. All right, rapper. This is a tough one. I like the. Um, man, I, I like I'm, I like Bradley as a guest, Josh. I have to go with the safety, Tyler Rudolph, eight total tackles. I thought he came in big a few times, and he was probably one of the highlights of the the defensive back groups. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Rudolph. I'm not sure if it's if it's gonna be him, but that's my guess. Yeah, and I'm gonna have to go with Tyson Pumachon just because you know he had a really good game, and I mean I know it sounds obvious, but that's that's my best guess. Hey, it could be a hiding in plain sight type of thing. Let's see. You know what? These are all great guesses, and it made me realize that maybe I didn't choose the right award just because there's so many possible options for people who came in clutch in this game. You know, you could go on and on about players, but uh, I don't think it's very straightforward a choice, actually. I'm going to go the You've Got a Friend in Me Award winner, Anthony Simpson, for the offense, the wide receiver. Slot receiver, part of four out of six scoring drives for the Minutemen. When the passing offense got stuck, Pumachan found Anthony Simpson just about every single time, except for that third down or that uh, 68-yard throw in, in the middle of the game that was an incredible, incredible throw by, by Pumachan. Except for that, just about every other catch that was considerably, you know, that played a considerable role in a scoring drive went towards Anthony Simpson. And you could call him too a Swiss army knife of sorts because of how he got done, got it done on the ground too. Stimson, man. Here, let me just read his stat line really quick. 
he ended the game with three catches for 65 yards, four carries for 27 yards and a touchdown. And man, when the passing offense got stuck early in the game, he found Simpson. When the when the drives started to get you know in dangerous positions, Simpson was there in the red zone in the middle in the middle of the field getting open uh, with with the RPO and the play action offense that was implemented for for this season it seems. And you know I maybe I'm talking too much here, but I think he was outstanding. Yeah, uh, I love that pick. I think it's a sneaky pick. But Pedro, I have to ask you. I, I know at least myself and a lot of the media, especially the New England media, didn't expect the transfer to come onto the scene and, and erupt in this game. Did you see that coming out of Simpson? He played a phenomenal game. You know, it's funny you ask that. I did not see that coming whatsoever. And I put on Twitter early in the game that, wow, it, it kind of shook me that it shocked me how, how involved he was getting in, in passing situations and more than just being a gadget player that obviously he's dangerous, dangerous with the bubbles and the sweeps, but you know, that kind of, kind of caught me off guard a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I love that. So I think it's my opportunity now for, my prestigious award, it's going to be called the Buttermilk Pancake Player, Pancake Defender of the Week. Okay, so is this something that I can't guess now that – or No, has... no. Yeah, you guys can go ahead and guess. Wait, did you say Defender? You call Defender, it, you say... yes. Sorry, it's the Defender Award of the Week. Okay, so it's the Defender – version of a pancake getter uh, correct yeah i kind of turning like f- turning offensive linemen turning offensive linemen into pancakes man for me there's only one option for that and i hope it's the <laughs> i hope it's the one you chose i'm going with billy wooden all right that's a good guess okay, if i could if i could just cut in here we did have a conversation earlier today i don't, I don't want to surprise anyone <laughs> you did mention when we were talking about our award segment you mentioned a very, very similar award, and I did guess Billy Wooden. So now you're making me, and I got it right. So now you're making me think that maybe you're going a different direction to try to surprise us. Mind tricks here. You're clever, Josh. Bradley? <laughs> but you're... either I'm clever or I'm just losing at a po- on a point. But either way, I'm going to go Zakudo Igwenegu because of the – I mean, he literally bull, bull rushed completely through a 6'8 lineman for New Mexico State to get the game-winning fumble. So I guess I'll say him. All right, let's go. Brennan? I'm going to go Billy Wood and just like Pedro, just because, you know, two tackles and a sack, he was giving pressure to the quarterback, and that's my best guess. Well, there are two winners, and it's not Josh. So it's Brennan <laughs> and Pedro. Josh, you look too deep into that. You got the answer right. Okay, the I got it earlier today. <laughs> oh man, there! I will tweet out a quote tweet of the text message earlier today to prove that I I put that into both of your brains. I'm taking credit for that. I'm not going to give myself a point, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a little asterisk because, man. That is that's really funny. Uh I was about <laughs> to give my award. I was about to choose Billy Wooden for my award too. I think he was absolutely outstanding. It was no, no way. Know, the really? run defense. Yeah, no, I was I was so close. I couldn't really think of a name for it. So I decided just to choose. I, I came up with Anthony Simpson after one. But yeah, Billy Wooden, man, outstanding. The center of that defense. It starts with him up front. And especially in the middle of the game when New Mexico is trying to climb like back into it and keep keep the game on track for them. And and he was just getting so many third down, crucial third down stops alongside Marcus Bradley, closing those gaps on third and short. 
Yeah, Pedro, you explained the reason I picked him perfectly. I don't think I have to say any more. I think that that's pretty much why he was a critical player on the defensive end, especially with an active and mobile quarterback like Diego Pavia. Just keeping him contained, getting pressure to him. I think he was a big key in the defense and a big reason why the Minutemen came out on top. And Billy Wooden is one of those guys on this defensive front that has, he's a little bit more of a veteran, like a Teray Powell, where, you know, he's been here for a little while and he's started almost every game since he's been here. It's been very impressive to watch him on the interior defensive line. But yeah, I mean, that sack he had on Pavia after they, literally the next play after they took out Eli Stowers, uh, New Mexico did. Uh, New Mexico State, I should say, because New Mexico is also on the schedule later in the season. But, you know, Billy Wooden, definitely a leader of this defense. There are several of those guys, which is an incredible trait to have for a team. But very excited to see where Billy Wooden um, continues to improve this season. Brennan, would you like to give out the next award? Absolutely. So you guys had some more creative. Oh, Pedro, names. Pedro, sorry. Go ahead, Pedro. Sorry, I just wanted to chime in. I forgot to say something, but I believe uh, Billy Wooden is one of two UMass players on the defensive side. There are none on the offensive side, but one of two UMass players to make the preseason all-independent team from Sports yep. Info Solutions. So the man has high expectations coming into the season, and so far he's delivered. Yeah, that's a great point to add, Pedro. I mean. That's an impressive list to be on, even though there's not that many independent teams. But <laughs> yeah. either way, I mean, it's still in company with, you know, UConn uh, and Notre Dame, who both made bowl games last year, a couple yep. other teams in there as well. So definitely an teams impressive Teams that are better team. than UMass. Yeah, or at least every team was better than UMass last year. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> still definitely an impressive feat and, you know, showing out, showing off why he made that list in game number one. But Go ahead, Brennan. All right. So for my award, uh, the name is the Cheetah Award because this guy was fast, was able to get it done on the ground running. And, yeah, I want to know your guys' guesses of who this could be. I think you gave up a lot there for us to choose choose an option. And, don't, I mean, it could, be, it, could be, it could be Pumachan, but I'm not going to think too deep into this one. <laughs> not have the same outcome as, as Josh. I'm going to go. K. Ron Adams with two touchdowns on the ground. Yeah, don't play poker, uh, Brendan. You gave up a lot on this one, even though it's still tough. A lot of quick guys. Uh, I'm going to have to go Greg DeWozier. I think he's one of the quicker backs UMass has, even though um, he didn't exceed that much game time. He had a couple of good runs. I, I just think he's the the quickest player and embodies the the title. To be honest with you, I don't. I think K. Ron Lynch Adams is a good pick. DeWozier, I mean, he is fast, but he didn't really play much. At least he didn't get the ball much. Um, I guess he did have – he was on kick returns, I think, but they didn't even return kicks. So I'm going to go – man. Oh, ooh, just had another thought cross my mind. No <sighs> – could be obvious could be you know could be i'm gonna go i'm gonna go tyson pumachon okay so pedro you are the winner ah, it was K yes. <laughs> oh he got it done on the ground two touchdowns you know a 21 yard his longest run you know got it done and maybe i shouldn't have made it as obvious but you know 
I mean, yeah. if only one person got it, maybe it wasn't as obvious. Yeah, and to I... be fair, if you describe if you describe Karen Adams, uh, well, if I had to describe him, I wouldn't I wouldn't say fast is his main attribute. I'd say his contact balance and you know his ability to evade some tackles and get some extra yards. I think is pretty good. But you know, he he certainly broke some some lose when the team needed it, and obviously two touchdowns can't be taken lightly. Yeah, I mean, it was a very impressive game for him. And, you know, some people wondered how UMass was going to replace Ellis Merriweather, but people forget that two years ago, before Don Brown, Karon Adams, or actually, yeah, yeah, two years ago before Don Brown, Karon at Lynch Adams, or at that point he was just Karon Adams, was supposed to be the starting running back that season, battled some injuries. Ellis Merriweather ended up breaking out and taking his playing time. But Lynch Adams is a very talented running back. He's been here for a while. He knows the offense by now. And he had some runs in there that he did show off that speed. He showed off the ability to evade tacklers, but also the ability to run through them. So he's the type of guy where, you know, you've got a deep running back room, but he showed that, you know, he just because they have a lot of guys doesn't mean they have to use them all. And if whatever you have is working, you may as well use it. And Lynch Adams is proving that. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so if that is all we have for K-Run Lynch Adams, just writing that down. But now is time for my award. And I actually have um, a sound effect for it after. But my award is the... Ah! award and again i have a mic so i hope i didn't just blast the eardrums of some of our listeners or you guys but th that is my award can can you say it again yeah was that too loud or should i move back i'm just wondering no, the no spelling fine. oh the spelling okay i well i'll do it again ah! <laughs> um i'm gonna say the spelling i'll just give it a all caps, A-H-H-H-H-H-H. Josh, you're really stumping me on this one. I have no idea where you're going with this. My guess would be Coach Don Brown. I saw a couple videos of him in the locker room, even though he's not a player. So I'm getting pretty hyped in the locker room, bumping to some good tunes. So I'll go Don Brown. That's exactly what came into my mind, too. I mean, that video, that's that might be – that might be we. it's week zero, and we already have the video of the season with Don Brown, the backwards cap celebrating in the locker room, too, that – those things come to mind, but uh, yeah, I mean, talk about coming into the first game of the season with the promise that you're going to be turning bowl eligible, a team that went one and 11. Talk about doing that, coming into the game against the bowl eligible team that won a bowl game last year and beating them by scoring 41 points on the road. I'm going to go with Don Brown too. I'm also going to go with Don Brown. You know, that video that's been all over Twitter and Instagram, you know, it was hype seeing him in the locker room and everyone like, Hey, Hey, yeah. You know, it was good vibes. Um, yeah. I'll go Don Brown on that one. All right. A clean sweep for me. <laughs> wow. You got it wrong. Oh, wow. I, I thought it was you a sweep all. for us. I saw your face, Jacob Rapper. You thought you got it right. You got it wrong. And that's for tricking me on yours. So <laughs> this award well, first, let me just play this soundbite and just listen up very carefully and let me know if you can't hear it. And off across the most across the formation. 
I don't know if you could hear that on the microphone, but that was the sound of Jerry Roberts making a tackle. And in the tackle, you could hear very clearly through the crowd mic. I don't know if it went through on my mic, but he just screamed. <gasps> and that's the type of player that Jerry Roberts is. The middle linebacker of this team, he's going to lead this team in tackles. I truly believe that. He is going to have a monster season for UMass in the run game, in the pass game. He is going to just completely clog that middle of the field. He loves contact, as you could hear in that sound bite. And, you know, he didn't exactly make any, like, game-altering plays. But you could tell by the way he moved. He was involved in every play. He was really just very physical going to make tackles where you could tell that there are certain guys on a football field that, you know, they're just straight out football players. Jerry Roberts is one of those guys. That's why he gets the ah award. Yeah, really caught me by surprise there, but I got to say, I love it. I mean, it's, it's incredibly specific. And even if I guessed a That's thousand times, do. I might That's not have gotten That's what I do. That. I make it difficult. I don't know if anyone would ever have gotten that. So probably definitely not. did that. But um, yeah, no, the uh, Jerry Roberts, man, what a pickup for the team. And he's going to be right in the middle of the action around the ball, making tackles, making plays 90% of the time. He's going to be there. He's not going to miss a lot of tackles. Tough as nails. And like you said earlier today, I remember you, you mentioning he's one of your one of your picks for for perhaps one of the minimum to be drafted into the NFL. And, you know, he's he's a complete linebacker in that role. And you know, got a, got a love for the Minutemen that they have such a tough uh, leader down there in the middle of the defense. Yeah, like Anthony Simpson, um, transferred from Arizona, ranked second on the team in total ta- tackles last season. I love the pick. I absolutely despise the award name, Josh. I think it's it's miserable. I must have been in the bathroom when uh, when that soundbite happened. But nevertheless, Jerry Roberts going to be an important piece going forward for the Minutemen. All right, so um, there are, of course, some players that were not did not get awards, but do want to talk about. I don't. We do have a little bit more time before we get into the Auburn preview. I do have one more award that I was debating giving out over the uh, Jerry Roberts Award. If if you guys have other awards, go for it. But if not, I I'll just start with this one. My second award of the day is just gonna be. The Big Football Guy Award. (laughs) And I know it sounds similar to the Jerry Roberts, what I said about Jerry Roberts, but it is a little different. You're real creative, aren't you, Josh? (laughs) Oh, yeah. The Big Football Guy. I mean, there's a lot of football guys in this Don Brown team. Uh, Maybe it it might be a bold guess, but is it Gino Campiotti, perhaps? With his transition into tight end and just turning into a – true football guy getting blocks done. Honestly, one of my favorite players to watch in that game, maybe one of the best players in the offense, didn't really participate a lot in the, in the passing game, but in the run game and even in the blocking, it was, it was pretty incredible to see his transition so fast. Adrian, I think that's a great guess. I want to go with the same player, but I want to be original. I guess I'm going to go Michael Opong. He had the first interception of the day that kind of flipped the script for the Minutemen. Not sure if it's him, but we'll see. I, I'm i going to go 
I'm going to go Don Brown just because, you know, he's the head coach. He's a big football guy, you know. Great. Person. I would hope so. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to go Don Brown. I know that's obvious, but you want to know what? Maybe it's, maybe it's obvious. I'm going to go Don Brown. All right. Pedro, that was a fantastic guess. You got it right. Gino Campiotti. Oh! <laughs> Gino Campiotti is a big football guy. He is willing to do anything for his team to win, including putting his childhood dream of being a quarterback to the side to convert to tight end, which, you know, tight end is not an easy position to play by any means. You got to be big. You got to be strong. You got to be athletic. And you got to, most importantly, be a big football guy. You got to crave that contact. And Gino Campiotti, you know, you expect, I kind of, I don't want to say you, but I expected him to be a receiving weapon because, you know, he is a bigger guy. He's very athletic. I thought he'd be a little bit of a matchup nightmare, which I still think he can be. But in the run game and specifically on the outside runs, he did such an incredible job getting outside and making big blocks on linebackers, safeties, corners, even some defensive ends. And it was so impressive to see a guy who was just a quarterback less than a year ago become a the starting tight end of a run-heavy team. People don't realize how impressive that is. And I just wanted to give Gino Campiotti his flowers because he is clearly fully in it to win. Everyone... Every team needs a a person, a player like him. I think this UMass team has plenty of guys like him, but just to see what he did against New Mexico State, it really made me happy. Man, I'm going to say that's my favorite pick so far for an award. I just absolutely love that he gave Gino Campiotti an award, and it's exactly the award that he should have gotten. And, man, you know, you were you were around. A lot of us were around for for the spring football season, in, or off season, better, better said. But, um... Gino might have been the player that got the most praise out of, you know, the entire offense, maybe. Because, you know, during the middle of that transition that he, obviously he's played tight end before in his college career, not to the level that he is right now, but, you know, he, he's played it before. And the transition maybe wasn't the most insane transition, but to play it, like you said, for a run-heavy team, that changes the whole game because most of what he was doing in the spring was catching passes. And... The blocking, it was absolutely outstanding. He might have been, you know, one of the most crucial players in the run game to open up those K-Ron Adams runs. And, you know, it's it's incredible what he did after such a little amount of time. So, yeah, I mean, I'm glad you, you picked him from an, for an award. And just to say that he has been getting praise from the coaching staff a lot too. And uh, he's going to be a staple of that offense. And just to see his grittiness and, like you said, a true football player out on the field, it's it's amazing to watch. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Campiotti is like a Girl Scout selling Girl Scout cookies. He's relentless even if he gets denied. And that's what he's done <laughs> so far. And I wish him the best. He's done really well. Didn't yeah, know where you were going with that, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, I like the analogy, Jacob. Thanks, Brennan. <laughs> All right. So, Jacob, Pedro, any other awards? Or do we want to move on to Auburn? I do want to say, Sorry. I do want to say, uh, I want to say a couple of things Yeah, go uh, for about, about Tyler Rudolph. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think we mentioned him and perhaps maybe, maybe we didn't mention him because he was such an obvious pick, but 
uh, him. And I'm just going to also say something about Opong and Rutherford, the two cornerbacks. Or Opong was the viper in this, in this Don Brown system. Both of them getting picks, crucial to the game, forcing an interception and playing really solid coverage. But Tyler Rudolph, just to get back to him for a little bit, you know, he ended with eight tackles, a sack, and was just flying around the field every game or every down, excuse me, first down, second down, third down. He was around the ball. He was making tackles. He was flying in pursuit, closing down and with good angles. He, he, he just looked incredible and athletic. And he's big and strong, too, for, you know, someone who I believe used to play linebacker. So a linebacker transitioning to safety isn't always a, a, an easy job. But for him to be flying around the box, doing as much damage as he did, honestly, maybe one of my defensive MVPs of the game. Yeah, I mean, Tyler Rudolph is a guy that transferred from Penn State before last season, and he was a four-star recruit coming out of high school, was the number two safety in all of Connecticut, where he's from. And, I mean, he's just an incredible athlete. When he came out of high school, he was projected to be a second or third round draft pick and got comps to guys like Adrian Amos. So the talent is clearly there. I think he really specializes in defending the run. He is very quick, uh, can pass rush as well. So I'm very impressed by what I've seen from him. And I think him and Teray Powell and also Deshaun Jerkins, who I think is going um, to get more and more playing time as the year goes on. They're a great trio back there where they're all going to get playing time. They complement each other really nicely. And Tyler Rudolph, you know, he's, he's got to be a guy that steps up this season because he knows the defense really well. And as a, as a safety, you know, he kind of is the last line of defense and in order to not give up those big plays, that's what you need. And he did a pretty nice job um, in week zero. All right. So, we are going to get into the Auburn preview. Um, now, starting off 1-0, you're in a position where it doesn't – I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but nobody is expecting UMass to win this game against Auburn. That game will be at Auburn University. Jacob and I will be at that game on WMUA. That will be at 3.30, so be sure to tune into that. But – Guys, let's preview this game a little bit because nobody's really expecting UMass to win this game. What do they have to do in order to pull off one of the big, biggest upsets and what would probably be of the entire college football year? Man, it's more like what can they uh, work, what can they allow themselves not to do and yep. you know in order to get to come away with a win here because even though Auburn had one of had a almost a problematic year last year. They were incredibly bad defensively and also had an incredible, a much much uh, more of a down year offensively than obviously they're used to. It was a complicated year, but still they're an SEC team that was not terrible and they got better. They got, uh, they got Hugh Freeze to come in as a head coach and he brought in a ton of players in the transfer portal. So they've strengthened across the board. And this is not going to be an easy game, even though, UMass comes into the matchup with uh, having played a game already this season, having played well, having gotten that practice, uh, and while Auburn has only gotten to practice for it. You know, they haven't actually played a match or a game yet, and that's going to play into UMass's favor. It's still not going to come in easy whatsoever. They're a much more talented team with a coach that has had a lot of success uh, offensively too, especially in 
they're going to be a tough matchup for the Minutemen. So they're going to have to do everything right. It's not what can, you know, what, what do they have to do to win? It's more like they can't afford to miss anything if they want to pull off a win. Yeah, I think at, at the very least, UMass, what they have going for them is that they're coming off their first win, right? They start the season off 1-0. And like you said, Pedro, this is a very new-looking Auburn team with the arrival of Coach Hugh Freeze. He's been brought in over 20-plus transfers from the transfer portal. And one thing that really stuck out to me is this is an Auburn offensive line that was pitiful last year. It was probably one of the worst offensive lines in program history. He brought in four new transfers that are in a position to start. So it's a revamped offensive line. It's a new quarterback coming in from Michigan State and Peyton Thorne, who is kind of your – he's kind of the opposite of Pumachan in a way. He's not a big running quarterback. He likes to sit in the pocket and throw. But UMass going down to Auburn at Jordan-Hare Stadium with around 90,000 fans in week one, it's going to be a difficult thing. Pedro, you hit the nail on the head. It's what UMass really can't not do. They don't want to give up meaningless um, meaningless drives and and plays. They're going to have to really buckle down against this Auburn team. I think they come out hot and put up a score early. I think in the end it's going to be a long game for UMass. Auburn might have the edge. I just have to say uh, one thing that I just thought of. You know, if I had to pick three things that UMass did well against New Mexico State and that they have to do well again against Auburn in order to win this game would be, number one, Pumachan has to play amazingly well. Number two, they they have to have a similar third down defense as they did against New Mexico State. Kill off those drives when they, when they get in dangerous positions, especially on third and short. They did multiple. Uh, they killed multiple of those against New Mexico State. Auburn will be much more difficult since they have Jarquez Hunter, who is a problem at running back. Six point five yards per carry for his career. He's the leader of that offense. They have to stop the run. And the third would be, you know what, I forgot, but I'm going to give you one, one thing that they have to, I'm going to, they have to improve one thing, one thing that they did not do against New Mexico State, and it is clean up those, clean up those penalties. Uh, I believe Bingo. eight penalties for six, eight penalties for 68 yards, I believe. I can check that number, but uh, that killed them in the, it almost killed them. It, it cost them a little bit of danger in the New Mexico State game, and against Auburn, the punishment will be much greater. So they have to clean up those penalties if they want to stay in. You're 100. Yeah. Sorry, Brennan. Oh, go ahead. They're, you're 100 percent right, Pedro. I was just about to say that. Like the penalties almost kill, killed them in that game where they were able to bounce back, but there were some times where you know you're in the red zone, you can't afford to take a penalty when you're at say the five yard line, and you know how they had a fa- false start that ended up not mattering because. Karon Lynch Adams is a beast and ran it into the end zone from 10 yards out anyways. But like you said, a team again, a team like Auburn, you know, you can only give them so many chances to make something happen. And, you know, UMass, sure, you could get away with, with that against New Mexico State. I know they did win a bowl game last year, but they're not Auburn. They're not going to have the t- talent that Auburn has. They they don't have the quarterback that Auburn has in Peyton Thorne. And they're going to kill you if you if you give them a chance to. So you, you really got to be careful um, and limit those penalties. Yeah, I think I think UMass, I mean, they can't beat themselves, right? You can't be having penalties, you know, holding penalties, offsides, stuff like that. You don't want to be – you got to start with clean play in the trenches, you know, whether it be on the defensive line or the offensive line. And you want to make sure that, 
you know, you're winning the turnover battle. You know, zero turnovers against New Mexico State was huge in their win. If they can do that against Auburn, I think it'll be a closer game than most people will think. And going back to the running back for Auburn, Jaquez Hunter, um, he had 104 rushing yards against Alabama last season. So he's a guy to be reckoned with. And if UMass can stop him, their guy who they're probably going to go to on the ground, then I think that would give UMass the chance to pull off an upset here in week two. Yeah. I was going to say something else. I remembered, I remembered what I was going to say for the three, for the third thing that the offense has to re- to repeat. And that would be not turn the ball over. Uh, you know, they had no turnovers against New Mexico state. It's, it was a huge problem last year. Every game, I, I need to fact check this again. So I'm not going to make it, I'm not going to make this a statement, but most games, at least they had uh, at least one or two turnovers. The offense like penalties, they can't shot, shoot themselves in the foot and they have to stay in it by staying clean, you know, making good decisions. Yeah, Pedro, that kind of alludes to your first point of that Tyson Pumachan has to play an incredible game if you went, UMass wants to be in this. And a big reason is because at the cornerbacks, Namaya Pritch and DJ James, they're two of the best cornerbacks in college football. DJ James is projected to be anywhere between a first and third round draft pick uh, in in next year's NFL draft. You don't want to throw the ball in the air towards any of those cornerbacks. It's a very good defense Auburn has, and and they're going to have to secure the ball, and they're going to have to do well. Absolutely. Going off what you were saying, Jacob, I think it's going to be really important to see how the UMass offensive line holds up because if they're giving Pumachan time to throw in the pocket, then he'll be able to throw the ball where it needs to be and not force anything. Because if you're forcing the ball against these DBs who are – high NFL draft prospects, then the game will get away from you quickly and it will go in Auburn's favor. All right, so let's get into some score predictions here. So, you know, UMass coming into this game was a 39.5-point underdog. So with that being said, it has lowered a little bit to a very low 38 points, but... (laughs) Jacob, you want to start us off? What is the score going to be at Jordan-Hare Stadium? Well, I want to pat myself on the back by saying I predicted UMass's win last week, saying that they beat New Mexico State. Do they win this week for Auburn's first game of the year in a new era of Hugh Freeze with a bunch of new transfers and a lot of hype? No, I do not believe they do. However, I think they come out, I think they get a score too early. I think they have Auburn a little bit on their heels, but eventually Auburn should pull away. They just have bigger, stronger, more highly touted players on their team. I think the final score, I'm going to give it 31 to 20. I think UMass is going to put up a few touchdowns, but Auburn ultimately is going to win. I agree with that. I think um, I think Auburn is going to have some difficulties, you know, at the beginning of the game. UMass, if they can get started early and get some – pull a lead ahead, you know, maybe a touchdown or a field goal ahead. But I think eventually Auburn will come out on top and pull away with the game. I think UMass loses the game, but they show that they're a team that's legit and the program is building up. I think they lose the game 41 to 15. I think we're all in the same, in the same area, more or less of where the score is going to be Jacob, a little more generous, but, uh, I don't think UMass is going to win. I think they're going to keep it close. I think the defense will play them will play Auburn tough in the start of the game, going into the second half, maybe the start of the of the third quarter a little bit. Though the defense will keep keep them in the game. It'll it'll sort of be maybe 
I'm expecting a little more like last year looked, which considering they're playing Auburn is, you know, not, not a disaster. I think they're, they're going to keep, uh, they're going to be in the game, but the passing offense is going to struggle a, a ton to get going. I, I just have a feeling. And uh, my final score prediction, uh, 38 to 16 Auburn. All right. Yeah. Um, just to spoil things, I'm not, I don't think UMass is going to win this game. Um, I think it comes down to one thing and that's, can the offense sustain a drive? Because almost every single game last year, the defense started out great with a few exceptions and the offense just three and out, three and out, three and out, three and out. And Whenever you do that, especially against a good team, a defense, any defense, the best defense in the country is going to get worn out because they're on the field so much. And by the time you get to the second half, the opposing offense will just score at will. So if UMass's deep offense can stay on the field, I do think they have a shot to really keep this game close. Auburn is a... They have a lot of huge guys on defense. There's a bunch of 6'6", 300-pound guys down low. I don't know if the offensive line can contain them, but it's going to be up to Coach Kasula and Tyson Pumachan to get the ball out quick, uh, keep moving the ball along the perimeter, and for the receivers to do a good job blocking. So I do think UMass is going to keep it close early. I do think they are going to be able to stay on the field a little bit. Um I still will pick Auburn to win this game 38 to 23. I'll say, I think it's going to be pretty close. Maybe, uh, maybe a, a late touchdown in there if Auburn takes out some of their guys, but I think it will be fit closer than people will think it will be. And it's just a matter of, can the offense stay on the field? Yeah. I mean, you, you talked a lot about the size and I think that's a great point because uh, the, not only in, in the trenches have they gotten a ton of uh, transfers and, and they already have a ton of, you know, giants in there, but also in the perimeter and both the offense and defense, I think it's a huge thing. They have a 6'6 tight end, a 6'4 receiver, another 6'5 receiver. And then you talked about the corners, Jacob, how important they are for that team and how great they were last year. So I think that's going to be key for them to, to you know, pretty much neutralize the UMass passing offense, make them rely on the running game with Pumachan. And, you know, those beasts in the trenches that they have will make it very difficult too in that way. But I think, honestly, it's going to be a very difficult day for the UMass offensive line, even though the one of the weaknesses, one might say in the SEC, one of the weaknesses for Auburn is how their defensive line, their front seven is not necessarily great to SEC standards. They don't have, a, they don't have good edge rushers still people believe but you know uh, if the OTs for UMass can play like they did against New Mexico State Pumachan will thank them for it and UMass might have a shot of keeping the game close yeah I think we're all on the same page here but Pedro I have to ask you is there any player on the offensive front that you think has to play better we talked about Pumachan having an exceptional game but is there a player on the offensive side of the ball where if he has a good game better than what it was last week. They really might be in it. I'm going to go with George Johnson, uh, with, who some consider the number one option, or most people I would say consider the number one option for the receiving core this year. You know, he got, I think, four targets and one catch in the game against New Mexico State. And, you know, it's it wasn't a great performance. Uh, Anthony Simpson and uh, Christian Wells were 
not more involved because Christian Wales only got one catch, but it did go for 68 yards. So, you know, they were, you know, almost more prioritized in that way. And George Johnson, if he can get it going, man, against those corners, it's going to be really tough. But if he can do that, it's going to unlock the game for UMass a little bit more. And, you know, just because everyone else played great for UMass last week, I think if he steps it up too, I think, you know, that's that would be crucial for UMass. Yeah, I love that. I think the prize of the offense last week was Simpson, like you said, but George Johnson gets hot. A lot of teams don't really know some of these wide receivers for UMass, especially if you throw in guys like Mark Pope or Christian Wells. If some of those guys can get hot, starting with their number one wide receiver, I think they could they could have a, themselves a ball game. Yeah, absolutely. I'm super excited to get down to Auburn, call that game, super excited to watch it as well because – you know, as they say, the scariest team is a team with nothing to lose. And that will certainly be UMass come Saturday. Anyways, thank you so much for listening to this episode of WMUA Sports, a football podcast. I'm Josh Schreiber. Alongside me has been Jacob Rapper, Brennan McGrevy, and Pedro Gray Suarez. We will see you next time. 